I just had this sensation from the top of my head down my face. And the only way I could describe it, if you were to pour paint out of a big tin, that heavy, you know, gloopy sort of a, a sensation, it felt like that a weight just coming down the side of my face. It was as if somebody just kicked my knee, my left side, and I fell to the floor. Dropped the phone, obviously couldn't get up off the floor. And I remember I could hear my husband shouting. He was hysterical the other end. You know, what's wrong? What's happening? And he said he just barely understood. I was saying, help me. The lady on the phone said to me, can you get off the floor? Can you get to the front door, open it and put yourself in the recovery position? Which I managed to do. By the time I got to the front door to open it, my speech was slurring again and I felt a bit weak. So I just sat there and waited for the, the ambulance to arrive. My speech had come back. I was a little bit confused. My left side was a bit weak, but nothing compared to what it had been. And when we got there, we were met by the sister and a stroke doctor actually in the car park. And they just ran. <laughs> they rushed me. They said we had two hours. The sister said to me, you've had a stroke. We're going to work very quickly. I'll talk to you while we're working. Don't be frightened. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. In this episode, we'll hear from Mary Luca, originally from Dublin, now living in Kent. Mary was 52 when she suffered her stroke. I was a very busy, fit woman, I would like to think, running my own beauty business. And I was operating from two premises at the time. So life was pretty full on. I'm not somebody who sits around doing nothing. And on the 31st of August 2019, I had my stroke. It was a perfectly normal day, really busy. I had had a great start to the day. Sun was shining, you know, yourself. August, a lovely, happy time. And I went off to work, came back. It was about quarter past five. I remember looking at the clock and thinking, oh, I'm getting a phone call at half past five. My husband was away, so he always phoned about half five. And I thought to myself, I have time to make a cup of coffee. And at 5.30 exactly, the phone rang. And as I answered it, I just had this sensation from the top of my head down my face. And the only way I could describe it, if you were to pour paint out of a big tin, that heavy, you know, gloopy sort of a, a sensation, it felt like that a weight just coming down the side of my face. I didn't know what was happening. And I remember saying, there's something wrong. There's something happening, but the words didn't come out. And all my husband heard on the phone was a moan. The sensation then continued down into my arm. I couldn't feel my fingers. And then it was as if somebody just kicked my knee, my left side, and I fell to the floor. Dropped the phone, obviously couldn't get up off the floor. And I remember I could hear my husband shouting. He was hysterical the other end. You know, what's wrong? What's happening? And he said he just barely understood I was saying help me then I managed to reach it this all just happened in a few seconds that's all it would have been minutes perhaps I managed to get the mobile phone with my right hand and I couldn't get off the floor but I was able to say to him I need to make a call and I hung up and I dialed 111 um at this stage I didn't 
I don't think it actually registered with me that it was a stroke. I just knew something wasn't right. They were amazing on the phone. The response team went through everything with them. I wasn't really making a lot of sense because I was a bit confused and my speech was slurred. But they obviously knew what was going on because she, the lady on the phone said to me, can you get off the floor? Can you get to the front door, open it and put yourself in the recovery position, which I managed to do. By the time I got to the front door to open it, my speech was slurring again and I felt a bit weak. So I just sat there and waited for the the ambulance to arrive. Mary received fast medical attention. They were amazing. They only took 12 minutes to get to the house. At that stage, I hadn't seen my face, so I didn't realise that my left side had all drooped. They knew when they came in what was happening, so they were very quick. They said that they had to do a few checks and they proceeded to do blood pressure and heart and all that sort of thing. And they said to me, we think you've had a stroke. Still didn't sink in. You know, you kind of associate it with an old person. They got me to the hospital. In the meantime, my husband had phoned back and I took the call and I was trying to keep him calm, saying, I'm okay. I've had a funny turn. I've been taken to hospital. And the ambulance man, he actually took the phone out of my hand and he said, your wife has had a stroke. Our time is very limited. We're taking her to A&E. And of course, that was it. I got very upset then. We went to A&E up at Margate and they were just amazing. I kept apologising because at this stage, my speech had come back. I was a little bit confused. My left side was a bit weak, but nothing compared to what it had been. And when we got there, we were met by the sister and a stroke doctor actually in the car park. And they just ran. (laughs) They rushed me. They said we had two hours. The sister said to me, you've had a stroke. We're going to work very quickly. I'll talk to you while we're working. Don't be frightened. Um, we had MRI scans and CT scans done. And I remember after the, I think it was the MRI scan, I remember this nurse holding my hand and rubbing my hand. And I remember thinking, this is really weird. You know, what's she doing this for? She's freaking me out. And with that, a doctor came and said, I've got bad news. You've suffered an ischemic stroke. Because at that stage, I was thinking, is it a mini stroke? You know? But they confirmed and they couldn't get to the bottom of it. Cutting a long story short, I was in hospital for eight, nine days. My left side was very weak. I had to have physio every day. And it's a very frightening experience being in a stroke ward because I remember the night I went up onto the ward. I remember thinking, everybody here is dying. I shouldn't be here. And that sounds really cruel and cold thing to say, but it was the most frightening experience ever because it was late at night by the time I went up onto the ward and everybody else was, you know, tied up to machines and things and unconscious. And it was probably the worst experience I've ever had. Mary's stroke had a severe impact on her mental health. They were amazing at the hospital. And as I say, I was there for a few days. Uh, Coming home, I had to come home with a walking frame because I couldn't walk on my own. I was extremely tired and I was very angry. I was furious, furious at my body for letting me down. I thought I was a fit woman. I, was, I wasn't I was old. And I found that the hardest to accept. I had physiotherapy for every day for, I think it was about five weeks, first thing in the morning and then again in the evening. They were amazing. They came out to the house because obviously it was around the time that 
COVID was starting and things like that. Yeah, the help was great. And then I was under a neurological psychologist for 18 months. That was fantastic. The help I got there, that man, he saved my life, I think, because I was in such a dark place. And I'm not somebody who gets down. I'm a very positive, happy person, always have been. And I couldn't accept that this had happened to me. I was angry. I was lashing out at everybody. My poor sisters came over from Ireland and Belgium to to help me, to look after me. And I know I was I was a demon. <laughs> I really wasn't a nice person. And my youngest sister said to me one time, I didn't know where you had gone. You know, so, yeah, I changed a lot. But working with the psychologist was great. It taught me to look at things differently and to actually accept that this had happened. I do consider myself extremely lucky because I haven't been left with any permanent damage other than a little bit of cognitive. There's a little bit of damage there that I I can forget things. And the way I describe it is, you know, if you forget a word, you can kind of picture it in your mind and you'd say, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. But after you've had a stroke, that's not the same experience. You can't picture what you want to say. It's not on the tip of your tongue. And it's just like a, a very black space. There's nothing. So it can take a long time for you to remember. You could be in the middle of talking to somebody and you can't finish your sentence because it's just blank. But then it'll come back hours later. And I had to learn that I had to deal with that and that it was okay to forget. And I also had to learn that if the word came back to me two or three hours later, I had to say it out loud because if I didn't, it has, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like, it was almost like it was in the wrong filing cabinet in my head and it confused me. And until I said that person's name or that word randomly, you know, I'd just say it out loud. I couldn't move on, I couldn't clear my head, if that makes sense. So yeah, it was a, a tough road getting mentally back to where I should be. Coming up, Mary on making peace with her stroke. You know, accepting you're not the person you were. But for me, I do consider myself extremely lucky. I'm here talking, I'm happy, I'm still able to work. And every day that I, I open my eyes, I just, I count my blessings. And it has made me look at life very differently, in a very positive way. And fundraising for the Stroke Association. I was delighted. It was over £800 that I raised for them, which gave me a real boost as well, because I thought, oh, I can do it, you know, and I'd like to do some more fundraising because, oh, it's a two-way street, isn't it? You know, they've helped me out so much and I'm so grateful that I'm here, but also to give it a little bit back. Let's hear how Mary adapted to life after stroke. After the stroke, I remember in December, my husband for Christmas bought me an easel and a set of paints because I had done art at school, which is many moons ago. <laughs> he was working, I suppose, on the, the advice of the counsellor, the therapist, that I needed to slow down. I needed to change my life. I couldn't go back working all the hours I had worked before. I had to pare back my business big time. 
the immense fatigue they call it stroke fatigue and it's it's not like anything else you'd ever experience it's a such a debilitating tiredness and you can't work through it now i had to learn to accept that as well and i couldn't i found that very hard so i got this set of paints and i remember at the time thinking and what the hell am i going to do with these <laughs> but during lockdown i started painting and i honestly found something that i just love and I have turned it into a little sideline, I suppose. I advertise my paintings on things like Instagram. And it was my daughter said to me one time, set up an Instagram account and, you know, put up some pictures. And I did. And I know I get commissions every now and again to paint dog portraits and different things. And I have put a bit of passion into it, I suppose. It's, you know, it's still a pastime and it is something that helps me relax. Because I'm not very good at sitting doing nothing. I have gone back to work. I still work self-employed and, you know, my my business is ticking over, but it's nothing like it was because I can't work as many hours anymore. And I think that's hard. That's hard to accept because the body, well, the body's not able, <laughs> but the mind is willing and you want to do as much as you did before, but you really have to just learn that you can't. And, you know, they tell you that even getting a lot of sleep or a lot of rest, that doesn't necessarily get rid of the stroke fatigue. It's huge. And I think anybody listening that has suffered a stroke or knows somebody that survived a stroke, you know, will understand where I'm coming from on that. And I I think it's the little things like that, not that they're little, but, you know, accepting you're not the person you were. But for me... I do consider myself extremely lucky. I'm here talking, I'm happy, I'm still able to work. And every day that I, I open my eyes, I just, I count my blessings. And it has made me look at life very differently, in a very positive way. Mary was put in contact with the Stroke Association. I got a lot of documentation from them, which was very helpful. I didn't go and join any groups or things like that. I suppose I didn't really... It sounds awful to say, but I never really wanted to accept that I'd had a stroke. Again, it's the fury at it, but I didn't want to join groups. But I, I do read a lot of pages or booklets that come in the door and every now and again I'll get an email. And it's, you know, it is heartwarming when you see the work they do. And I must admit, I set a little challenge for myself last year and decided I was going to... <laughs> walk 200 or 300 kilometers for uh, for just giving and raise money for Stroke Society, which I did. And, you know, I enjoyed that, that little challenge as well. But I think, I suppose me as well as other survivors, we should be doing more because they rely on so much help and fundraising. You know, it's they're an amazing society. I've got two little dogs and I'm very lucky I live near the beach. So I just decided that I, I wanted to give a little bit back. I knew I couldn't go out and run, <laughs> but I thought, well, I go out dog walking, so why don't I set myself a little challenge? So I actually set myself a challenge that I would do up to five miles every day and I'd see how it goes. And I just applied to the Just Giving uh, website and told them what I wanted to do. And they sent me out the details and I just popped it up to friends and family and took it up on Instagram and recorded every day how much I did. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I was delighted. It was over £800 that I raised for them, which gave me a real boost as well because I thought, oh, 
I can do it, you know, and I'd like to do some more fundraising because, oh, it's a, a two-way street, isn't it? You know, they've helped me out so much and I'm so grateful that I'm here, but also to give it a little bit back. Here is Mary's advice to stroke survivors. To a stroke survivor, I would say, I'm getting a bit emotional now, never give up. I know, as I say, I'm very lucky, but just keep fighting and keep trying. You know, the fact that you have survived and you're still here, don't let it label you. Don't let it be the end. You know, it's it's very hard to keep your spirits up, but you have to try. And you need to put in the work, you know, the, the physio and things like that. It's so easy to go, oh, I can't be bothered. And there were days when I thought, I'm not sitting here squeezing a stress ball. Why do I have to do this? And I, you know, I'd get upset about it. But it's all the little things. You have to put in the work to get yourself right again. You know, the doctors, nurses, psychologists, they can all do so much, but you've got to try to. So I would say never give up. And to loved ones, I would say be patient. And when a stroke survivor lashes out at you or gets grumpy, they don't mean it. They're hurting and they're screaming inside. After her stroke, Mary has worked hard to adapt to her new way of living. And if you'd like to see some of her artwork, visit her Instagram at MaryArtCave. Thanks for listening and supporting Stroke Stories. We're very grateful to you for spreading the word. If you have a moment, please do comment on and rate the episodes you hear. And if you are or you know a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, please get in touch via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. <laughs>